Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. It's football season, actual real football. Well, pre-season games anyway, but after a long off-season, it is at least a start, and a good start for the Niners at that. I'm Gareth Ellis, and relieved to survive the first round of roster cuts, I'm joined by Naji Kwa. Hello, everyone. Paul Hope. Feels great, baby. And Lee Gowland. <laughs> Hi, guys. Great to be back. You can't use that anymore, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I've got a different spin on it, Naji. I'm replaying it back, man. I've, I've survived the roster cuts. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> So, pre-season game one is done, and overall, a very satisfactory 28-21 win against the Packers. A lot of good stuff, and maybe some that's not so good. But pre-season is all about individual performances as guys fight for a roster spot on the next Super Bowl winners. So, let's start with the main man. Over to Lee, and his soon-to-be regular spot, Womack Watch. What did you make of your lad's first outing in the NFL, Lee? So, I don't think he could have played any better, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think when it was he came in. I don't know if it was the uh, midway through the second quarter or like start the third quarter. A bit earlier um, than that, I think, maybe. You think? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, because I, I watched I think... the full game replay and it just because obviously it was unedited, it just seemed to take ages from the game in the field. And yeah. I think the own. The whole excitement <laughs> built up with me waiting for him to come on the field. I think it just felt as though it took longer. Um, but when he did come on, obviously my eyes were glued to him to find out yeah. exactly what he was doing. Um, and he, he stuck to the uh, wide receivers like glue. I mean, the, the separation between them was you, you could stick a hair in between them and that was it. I thought he played really well. His vision was good. His arms were great. That first uh, interception, he did well. He fought for that. He earned that interception, which was good. Mm. The second interception just showed what he can do. He's going to be a ball hawk. Um, the only concern I had with him, that was on one of the running players, and he seemed to get uh, bullied a little bit when he, he was just being blocked all the time. Um that's maybe his size. Obviously, he's, he's going to be in there as a nickel corner. Um, so he's going to be on there predominantly in um, passing downs. However, the 49ers play nickel 70% of the times. So he's going to be on the field quite a lot anyway, even if it's a run player. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how he deals with that, whether or not he bulks up a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what what can you say? He, he absolutely played lights out. Um, to the point that, and we'll get on to this later in the um, show, we are now 1DB less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's not much to say. I mean, obviously, he's got the start line uh, that shows, you know, if you haven't watched the game, uh, was it Tyreek Hill that tweeted at it, um, at him or whatever. Um, so there's that, but I did the same on my second playthrough of the game. I just got my eyes glued to the, to the DBs. Uh, and especially him when he came in. I think you're right. I think he came in maybe second half, maybe a bit earlier than that, but maybe not much more than that. But uh, yeah, he was excellent. The two picks are great. The two very different picks as well. One ball in the air, eyes on the ball, uh, you know, the second one. That reaction time to get his hand, uh, hand up and catch it is pr pretty impressive. And the first one, really happy with the hustle and, the you know, fighting all the way down to the ground to make sure it's not a catch. And then maybe he gets a bit lucky that he manages to keep it 
Uh, but I mean, apart from these two players, I think he was really, really solid. There's a couple of plays as well where he's blitzing the backfield and it blows up a play and then somebody else makes a tackle. Um, I didn't really see any, you know, him getting blocked up. I mean, obviously he's a corner. If if a guard or a tight end gets on him, it, it, that, that's not his job. But if he can occupy the space and uh, and blow up a play that way, I think he'll be he'll do it. Uh, I was a bit disappointed on his pursuit. So if you know if he was on the other side and it was a run play, he tend to give up and not chase as much uh, and maybe try and make a tackle coming back onto the running back from the backside. Um, but you know he's learning. He's he's a rookie and as you said, I think he's definitely earned his spot. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can have a, a better week one. Nail yourself, uh, uh, you know. Make somebody get cut, basically. Well done, Mr. Womack. And now, now the problem is you're gonna have to go and do it against real people uh, this week, next week, and when the season starts. Paul, anything to add? I mean, you have to do something pretty special, chaps, to overshadow the first preseason start of Trey Lance. And let's face it, Womack did that. I mean, for the fact that Lisa there, it seemed an age for him to take the field. He was exceptional in the 17 coverage snaps that he played. And like Nadji said, the first pick when he wrestled to the ground was exceptional. But that second pick, Nadji, the way he just plucked out the air. The yeah, way yeah. He cracked the run. And, and like we said, it resulted in a cut. You know, obviously, Shanahan's come out afterwards, Gareth, and said, Womack's impressed in training camp. We're not surprised. Again, it looks like another fifth round steal at the fifth moment. Round, yeah. Yeah. 49ers tend to do all right in the fifth round. And I know Lee got a bit of a... Uh, I got a bit carried away with a tweet earlier when I'd, I'd mentioned you'd done well. And I know you, you, you'd replied back saying, oh, all you did was announce the pick. But obviously, we tried <laughs> to Womack. You know, there's a couple of people in the group who've already got the jerseys. And yeah, it was a great start for, for him. So I was blown away, Gareth. What about yourself? Anything else to add? No, I think you've covered it. I think, yeah, the, the desire in a pre-season game to wrestle the ball. And, and it's just that attitude of, nope, that's my ball and I'm keeping it. Um, but yeah, the, the second one, I was just so impressed that he's he's tight to the receiver and then immediately he turns his head and starts looking at the quarterback, knowing he's got the receiver in his pocket and he doesn't have to watch the receiver. He's just gone and watched the quarterback. Um, I do think Jordan Love gave him a bit of a, a, a hand there because um, he doesn't look like a, a particularly good uh, quarterback yeah. and, and threw it to the to the back rather than in front and, and didn't lead on the receiver um but yeah he, he he earned that and i think that that was uh that was a great thing he's just got to go out and do it again it is it is only one yeah. game just to pump the brakes slightly um but yeah i don't think the guy could really have a have a better start than that um so while yeah let's let's we... just put on you know we, we did a show last week where we talked about <laughs> don't be too excited if the player you really like shines on the first game, and here we are talking 20 minutes about Sammy Womack. Um, yeah, it's against second, third teamers. It's against Jordan Love and you know the wide receiver of Green Bay, which we all know might not be what he used to be. So um, I'm, I just I think he can do it. It clearly showed potential, but maybe I'm actually doing it in the NFL are very far away. So, but we are rooting for him, obviously. I think we're getting excited, Nadji, because obviously yeah, yeah, fifth round pick, and he came from yeah. a non-power conference. You know, he hasn't come from yeah. one of the big boys, and obviously, 
we do get a little bit overexcited on this side of the pond. And the fact that Lee announced a pick, and yeah, yeah I, of course, like said, of course. obviously it was against. I'm just covering yeah. ourselves just in case <laughs> it goes up in flame from now. From here. Uh, so uh, you you said you'd had a, your eye on the secondary. Uh, Nancy, anyone else catch your catch your eye in their performance? I'm in huff. Uh, just you know, there's uh, I love him. Um, he's just flashy. It's he's exactly what the, the kind of safety I like to watch. Um, he just flashes on the screen and he makes big plays. Um, there's a reason uh, our safeties are blitzing now. I think it's because of him, because he can do it and he'll be successful. And so it was good to see him, you know, lead three four drives. Maybe I think he played not that much more than now. Um, and, you know, I, I thought Ambry Thomas played pretty well. I thought Demo had a good game. Uh, he, same, I think he came in second half and played uh, where Chavayus Ward would uh, would normally play on, on the left side of the defense. And he played really, really well. Uh, his coverage was pretty good. But then again, you know, um, it's against, uh, you know, preseason twos and threes. So... Who's to know? But yeah, him and and I thought George Odom showed up as well. The guy we uh, we signed from uh, from the Colts this year. Uh, I thought he had a, cool, a good few plays on the back end, kind of more of a safety in in a general sense. Uh, he's not the guy that's going to go and make picks and stuff, but he'll, he'll be there to make sure no one scores a touchdown. And he's been there. So yeah, those three guys and and obviously half is. By far my favorite DB on on our team right now. <laughs> really? Not 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 one of them. No, no, not him. <laughs> Definitely not him. But that's, it's exactly the contrast. This is the reason I don't like Ward, uh, Jimmy. It's because of what you know Hoff is doing. That's that's just you know as a as a free safety. That's that's what you should be doing. And Ward has never done it all the years he's been with us. So yeah. I know, um, you know, I'll die on that hill. I don't care. <laughs> so did you like the big hit, Nadji, from your yes. new fan crush? Yes. Yeah, but, that, but that's what I mean. Like, he, since he's been in with us and he's been playing, you know, when uh, last year, a couple of injuries and he did get a few snaps, he just, he's, he's got that kind of play every game. At least one, one big hit, one, you know, tackle for loss, one sack, some, something, almost a pick, you know, something. And he's... I think he's going to get better and better, and uh, we might have something very special here. Yeah, certainly sets the tone. And anyone yep. else, uh, uh, Paul, Lee, anything to add to Nagy on the secondary? Well, um, I was glad he mentioned George Odom because at one point it looked like he wasn't. And to be fair, Nagy, I thought Odom had the better all-round game. I think Huff was good. He had that big hit. But I think Odom had the best all-round performance. And maybe that was because I didn't know too much about him coming in. And like yeah. you said, temper it against the weaker competition. But overall, I was quite impressed with him. But um, no, Gareth, I think Nagy's new man crush has stole the show for that for for, this, for that position group. So we're all right there. Yeah, and um, uh, I think Lee's already admitted he he only had eyes for one particular player. <laughs> yeah, I will say I think I, I'm a bit worried about Tavares more. Uh, the fourth and two touchdown was pretty ugly uh, yeah. very early on when he was playing kind of dime uh so sort of like second nickel and it got burned pretty bad by uh, romeo dobbs who looks like he's going to be a very good uh wide receiver but that was pretty bad and i'm a bit worried about uh see if tavari small is going to make the 53 or not 
Also. So uh, I suppose we should talk about quarterbacks. Uh, a full three quarters yes. of the team's quarterbacks were on display. So we really better start with uh, Trey Lance and as good a performance as you could reasonably be expected to see. Uh, Paul, are you all in on our new QB? Yeah, I mean, anyone who's been listening, Gareth, to the other shows that I've been doing, I have been all in on Trey Lance. Now, again, pump the brakes a little bit. It wasn't all great. Um, there was a throw to Danny Gray on the sideline, which I think he would take back. I think Gray could have got it. So but, but obviously, you know, the, the hype player. We said last week, Gareth, we didn't want a kind of a big player. And then Trey Lance comes out on fourth and ten and drops a 76-yard bomb to Danny Gray. Uh, got us all um, very excited. Obviously, we haven't seen players like that to, for too many over the years. But uh, what I like about Trey Lance as well was when he escaped out the pocket and he slid. Last year, when he was running around, he seemed to take some hits. And I like the fact that he's added that to his player, Gareth, that he can actually get down now and he can slide. And I, I, I thought it was good. I don't know what uh, Lee and Nadji thought, but I was quite impressed. And um, I don't think you'll see much of him against the Vikings, but he's looked good in the joint practices that they've had. So for me, it's all steam ahead on the trail and hype train. Yeah, as far as the game is concerned, he did. He looked good, everything he did. Um, I I enjoyed that. He's obviously got that uh, type of throwing in that Jimmy didn't. So it's good to see that. The touchdown to Danny Gray. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, outside of the game, though, some of his throws in practice, if Jimmy was making those throws, Jimmy would get crucified. Um, so there was a throw, I think it was yesterday, um, to Juron Jennings where he, he had to jump quite high to bring it in. And there's two defenders around him. And you could see the difference on 49ers Twitter when because it was uh, Trey Lance throwing the uh, pass. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, that was perfectly placed. Well, hang on here. If that was Jimmy Garoppolo, we'd all been saying, that's a hospital pass, that. Yeah, but Jimmy's a six-year vet, not a second-year player. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, I think it's just... You know, Sorry, so my point was not the fact that he, he threw a high ball. The point was the fact that 49ers Twitter is so biased towards... Oh, of course. Yeah, the quarterback yeah. that was the favourite at the time. Yeah, um, yeah, of course, yeah. But yeah, I mean, everything he's doing just looks excellent. All the noise that's coming out of camp sounds great. They all say he's the leader. He's matured since last year. Not that he was immature last year, by the way. But it's that progression. He's taking on the leader role. Everybody's getting excited about it. Steve Young is having regular conversations with him. He's getting excited about it. All of a sudden, you start seeing these analysts turn around and say, you know what? We might have um, an MVP on our hands here, which I think is getting a little bit overexcited. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, without a doubt, I'm going 20 and 0 in my predictions <laughs> for the season. But you know what? MVP, getting overexcited there, lads. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm loving everything that I'm seeing and hearing and reading about Trey Lance. Yeah, same. Um, I would tend to agree with Paul, though, that ball to Danny Gray on the sideline kind of sailed it. I think it's something he still got. He did that last year on a few plays as well. Um, he tends to not set his feet right and the balls kind of can sail away from him every now and then. I mean, the, the further nine to Danny Gray is exactly what, you know, <laughs> what we want out of this offense and we've been crying for for five years now. Um, you know, it's, and it's not just the fact that he can put a pretty ball accurately deep. It's just... It opens up so much the the fear of 
this kind of thing being able to happen where you know when we had jimmy uh, everybody knew that was never going to happen but you know something completely random happening um so yeah it, i think he played well I, I think tim ryan said it uh you know on the touchdown is just we've seen enough he's nice run escape the pocket slides gets nine yards almost the first down and then pretty pass and then a couple of dimes uh you know here and there uh, yeah i mean again it's preseason. uh you got out of there without getting hurt even on, on that sack he took um and uh, keep building keep practicing and we'll, we'll see when it matters but I, on the eye test it looks looks pretty good to me so far on the flip side of that gareth i have some friends that are non-49ers fans and they're determined for trail ants to be a bust so I didn't say anything on Saturday, but they were like, oh, you've, you've, you've not shared the touchdown yet. I was like, you've seen it on Twitter, lads. I don't need to share it. And then I got the hook. It was against the choice opposition. He had loads of time in the pocket. Saw what he threw a good throw. And you think that's the counteract like what Lee's saying. Sometimes 49ers Twitter can be very biased. Sometimes as well, Lee, the people out there wanting Trey Lance to fail. And going back to what Nadji said, Gareth, that throw to Danny Gray, Nadji, he just needed to get out earlier, didn't he? That, that's yep. the only knock at the moment on Trey. Sometimes, like Jimmy, had that quick release, which he was well known for. But Nadji said it better than me, Gareth. You know, Jimmy was a six-year vet. Trey's a rookie. So it's little things like that that can be tweaked. But overall, it was a good performance, man. I'm very excited. What do you think, Gareth? Happy with... Uh, he's your boy at the end of the day. You well, studied him. Well, obviously, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, I'm very pleased. I think I think what, what's stood out for me, I think, is is he just seems to have this sixth sense. Sixth sense. That's easy for you to say. It's not, it's not, it's not easy at all. Um, where, where he just he's not looking, and you can you can see the the edge rusher bearing down on him, and suddenly he's just not there anymore. Um, and that was something that certainly stood out on his college tape. I mean, often he would take off and run there, but he's he's clearly mentally got over that and he, and he readjusts, knows where the line of scrimmage is, uh, moves sideways. His eyes are downfield all the all the time, waiting for for the receivers to get open. Um, and I think that's a it's just such a good fundamental. It's something that you either I think you have or you haven't. It's difficult to coach in if if as unfortunately, you know, Jimmy didn't have that pocket awareness. Uh, he, he seemed to take the sacks often and wasn't aware that they were coming, which I think caused the problem with with Jimmy's sort of frequent uh, fumbles when he when he got hit. Uh, he he does seem still seem to have that problem of sailing passes, uh, but I thought that hopefully that's something that will come. And and the the perfect quarterback does not exist. There's always going to be some little bit of weakness in his game, and and if that's his weakness, I think Shanahan can can work a way around that uh, uh, and I will take his his other traits um, uh, and, and accept that there may be a, a weak spot to his game um, and trust Shanahan to, to keep that weak spot um, hidden. Uh, I thought, uh, speaking of which, we had two other quarterbacks on the field. Uh, Nate Sudfeld put in a good performance, uh, one for one, I think, on a, on a touchdown pass at one point. Anything yeah. to add on, on Nate or also Brock Purdy? getting his first NFL action, looked competent and comfortable, admittedly against third stringers. So, so um, Brock Purdy, mm. so I'm going to I'm going to answer a question that uh, Nadji asked us, I think it was Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. I'm sure it was Nadji. And this is what prompted me to go and watch the game in 40 after I'd only just finished watching 
the full game replay. And Nachi said, does he remind you of anyone? And he gave the name of, of who he reminded him of, and he's right. He looks just like Jimmy Garoppolo, where he whenever he moves and throws the ball, he's like a little mini-me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's quite crazy. The the physical way he moves and the yeah. way he holds the ball and throws it is. If you slap a, a number ten on him, you think it's Jimmy. Um, yeah, it was. It struck to me on the first snap. I was like, it's Jimmy on this. Oh no, it's fourteen. It's it's Brock Purdy. Um, but very happy with the performance. As I said, I think he looked really comfortable, uh, which you know for a for a rookie, um, a true rookie. You know, Trez obviously had a a full off season, full season practicing under his wing. So, but for a true rookie that's been in the league for two, three months now, he looked do, good. Do you, think, good. do you think if he goes up against, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume that he's going to get at least a half against um, the Vikings on yeah. late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, and uh, obviously Ned Sudfeld gets the other half. If if he puts in another performance like he did last week. Do you think there's a chance that we keep three quarterbacks no. on the active roster? Because if he's putting these performances in and we stick them on the practice squad, somebody's going to sign. Somebody's going to sign him. Yeah. No, I, I, I was, I was thinking that exactly. I think he's pushing for number two. Uh, I thought he looked better than Sotfell. Yeah, Sotfell had a big touchdown to McLeod, uh, which we'll get to in a second, I'm sure. Um, but that was a given. TB <laughs> fell off, um, and it was the widest open you could you could do and. I padded his stats a little bit. I didn't think Sudfeld looked partially comfortable scrambling and maneuvering the pocket. Um, I mean, the guy's not played for a while, so I'll, I'll give him some some slack here. But um, if Birdie can play a whole second half like this, um, I yeah, I wouldn't surprise me if if we cut Sudfeld at the 53 and stash him on a on a practice course or somebody else. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's where I'm heading. I'm really happy. About him, I mean, I really like Purdy. I watched him a bunch when he was uh, Iowa State because um, the Big Ten is fun to watch. Um, and um, he was always that kind of guy, very strong, very confident. He was very up and down, but you know, he won some like 30 games out of 43 when he was there in three years. And he started all three years, so he's got he's he's got experience at a high level. You know, the Big Ten is high level. You play, you know, Michigan and Ohio State and those kind of team. And I all uh, um, tough games in a cold and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, I'm happy with him. Uh, number 255 is going to cost us nothing for a long time as well. So that's good. Yeah, I, I, I think Kyle, or we've carried three QBs on the active roster for the last few years. I, I don't see yeah. a reason why that would change if we've got three that uh, Kyle is comfortable putting in. Well, this this next position group we're going to talk about, I think, you know, running back might be the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, I was uh, I was going to um, talk about the perhaps some suboptimal performances along the offensive line, which I thought sure. was something that also added to the quarterback's performance. That they uh, they hardly had a brick wall in front of them. Uh, what did we make of the new look O line, and who caught your eye in either a good or a bad way, Lee? Um, well, I'm, I'm quite surprised at how quickly uh, Mike McClinch is getting back up to speed after the injury that he's had. Yeah. Um, so he he looked fairly good on on um, when was it Friday night Saturday morning, um, Spencer Burford looked unbelievable. Yeah, um, it did. Yeah, yeah. I thought Aaron Banks looked a million miles better than what he did last season. Yeah, um, Jake Brendel for me, 
I, I thought he did a, a good job in there. Um, the one thing about Spencer Burford, so I just remembered, this is the conversation we had before. To me, it, it looked wrong and it felt wrong that he was 74. Now, I completely agree that we shouldn't be retiring numbers indefinitely, retiring no. them for life. I, I think that should be that should be something you hold back for your top five players of all time, and yeah, that's it. I agree. But yeah. I also think it, it's worthwhile retiring somebody's number for five to ten years. Then bringing it back, yeah. And then bringing it back. And yeah. I think Joe Staley's number 74 is one of those that deserve to be retired for 10 years. Because if you have a look around the team, nobody's wearing 21, nobody's wearing 52. Yep. Joe Staley is a, a decent candidate to get into the Hall of Fame one day. Yeah, straight away, two seasons after he's retired, and somebody's wearing 74. And it, to me, it just felt wrong. True. Yeah, true. Um the argument is is just a number um is there i guess but yeah I, I see what you mean that's true but if may, maybe this is a way to motivate the guy to you know be as great or greater than the guy that was before you put a bit of a chip on his shoulder as they say and uh if that happens and it turns out <laughs> Burford is a better player than Staley, you mm -hmm. know in 10 15 years we'll, i'm sure we'll have a different conversation then but yeah i yeah I, I agree. It looks weird. It feels a little weird. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, what we're missing here is this could have all been discussed with Joe. Maybe it has. Yeah, um, they, they might have reached out to him and said, look, uh, one of our rookies might. wants to wear 74. Do you have any? Um, do you have an opinion on that? And you know what Joe's like. Joe Hull said, yeah, Philly Boots, go for it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But yeah, as long as it's an O-line with 74, I, I, maybe, yeah. maybe Joe's given the blessing there, so... I think it's helped as well, Lee, that um, Burford has looked good all through pre-season OTAs. He's took all the starting reps at that position. And I wasn't surprised to see him carry that on. And Joe has been in and around the team. You look at the stuff on training camp. So like you said, maybe he thought, boom, my number was as good for me. And if it's going to do half as good for this kid. But he did look pretty good, Lee, to be fair, on uh, Friday night, even if it did look weird, seeing 74 yeah. in the field. Go on, Gareth. Tell us about Olin. What did you think? Um, yeah, well, I think you, you've you've covered the good that that uh, stood out to me. Certainly, there were there was a couple of really quite poor uh, snaps there from Justin School, who I think just got on his first snap, got absolutely toasted. Yeah. Uh, that was with uh, with Trey Lansing, and then his his second snap, he just got picked up, lifted upright, and shoved straight back towards the quarterback. Uh, he has been out. Obviously, for a year, he's he's a guy who's been around for a few years, but hasn't really been able to get into the team. I think with with COVID and and uh, an injury, uh, but yeah, he's he's a guy who I think is is probably uh, fighting very hard for his roster spot, given the the number of offensive linemen that we've uh, drafted in the last couple of years. And um, centre position was was something for a concern. Um, must admit, it didn't really catch my eye, either good or bad. Did you guys see anything? Well, I was just going to say, sorry, Nadia, I'm glad that yeah. Brendel and Brunskill have been sharing snaps before the game because obviously Brunskill went off injured, I think, after the first snap. And Brendel yeah. looked quite good. And I think also Jason Poe and Jordan Mills were probably the best performers for me from the non-starting group alignment. And I think it's shown this training camp that Kyle Shanahan's been mixing them around. I would have liked to have seen Donovan West a little bit more. 
I think we said last week, Nadji, that we haven't seen much of, of West and yeah. obviously it was brought in to a lot of fanfare as like, you know, the coveted undrafted free agent. But I thought Brendel had quite a well-rounded performance, Gareth. And it, it, it's kind of forgotten about that. Trey took a lot of his snaps last year with Brendel and the built yeah. chemistry. And I think that showed for me on Friday, to be honest. Sorry, Nadji, that, that's all I wanted no, to no, say. No, that's, no, that's what I was going to say. I thought Brunskill was subpar uh, compared to Brendel. No, no, no much in it, but... Uh, and obviously the injury is not going to help. Uh, so I think we, we're definitely going to see West a little bit more uh, this this Saturday night, Sunday morning uh, affair. Uh, yeah, because Brunsker is out for a little while, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, uh, a little bit reassured on the O line, but once again, I think let's let's see if we can reproduce that kind of performance and, and maybe even better this week, next week, and then against the Bears. So on the uh, other side of the trench, uh, our D-line um, and the rotation, I think a lot of guys got a bit of a run out. Uh, Lee, anyone catch your eye on the, the D side of the ball? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, so Ridgway, I thought, looked good on the snaps that he took. Um, and I've completely forgotten who else I mentioned prior to coming onto the podcast. Drake Jackson. Oh, Drake Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. So again, I mean, this is a, this is almost like a, a Womack situation where, as soon as the defense went onto the field, if if it wasn't Womack I was looking at, it was Drake Drake Jackson. Um, and the guy, the guy's got great speed. He's got great length. The flexibility's there, um, because of his height, he's just going to be an absolute menace. And I, I just can't wait to see him play opposite Borsa with both uh, Kinlaw and Armstead in between there. I think this D-line that we have going into the season, it, it's going to cause any team issues. Yeah, It would cause the best O-line issues. I, I'm just so excited to see this because this is one of the things I love. I love big physical, yeah. big physical football. And to see an O-line smashed up by our guys... <laughs> Yeah, I just can't wait for that. So yeah, I, I was I was very impressed with what I was seeing. Um, obviously, um, we we've getting rid of uh, oh the guy that came over from Kim Dichie. That's it. Yeah, mm. we've getting rid of him, and I think that speaks volumes about how good the defensive line players who are already here are. Um, I'm still actually quite surprised that Abukum is with us because I. I Again, I've said this a few times. I just had this feeling that he was going to be uh, casually. Doesn't look like it. Um, no, it doesn't look like so, it. I think. So, sorry, don't go. Finish. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I think he may end up on the fifty-three. Yeah, I, I agree. I think unless you know Drake Jackson really explodes um, the next two games and rack up crazy starts and really shows, I don't think. I think Abukam will, will stay with us. Uh, the take I had was really happy to see Kinlo back um, and playing. Mm. You know, uh, he's a menace in the, in the middle and it's just going to be good to have him back. Uh, you know, alleviating from Kevin Givens and, you know, it's just rotation because that's what we do. We're, we're good with the ones, but our twos and threes on the D-line are uh, at least as good, no far off the, the number ones and that's really good. Um, Happy to see Hyder back. Yeah, it's great to see him back. And I think, yeah, same again. I can't, I can't wait to see who's going to be the guy that, this year that just tears it up a little bit more than, than everybody else. And, and obviously, that's probably going to be Bossa. But uh, yeah, it might be our strongest unit. Uh, I, I think it is our strongest unit. Uh, 
no doubt. Uh, I was quite impressed by Kameko Torre. He plays more of a stand-up outside the end kind of thing, so he looks like a linebacker. Uh, but he was all over the field, made a lot of tackle, busted a lot of uh, blocks, and so other people could make tackles. Uh, as another guy we just signed this year, uh, and he showed up. So good acquisition so far. You know, him, Odom, and uh, another guy, a linebacker. Maybe we'll talk about it a bit. Well, I was going to say, yeah, uh, let's let's move on to linebackers. Uh, our three presumed starters, I don't think, took a, took a snap between them, or certainly not many between Warner, Greenlaw uh, and Al Shire. Uh, who stood out for you? Certainly, I thought um, uh, Burks. Yeah, Burks. And obviously, yeah, Oren Burks was everywhere. Uh, looked like Fred was, a little bit. Yeah, he was excellent. Yeah, excellent. It looks like Fred is not just a good player he's, he seems to be also a good coach and a good role model because uh, Oren Burks kind of clearly took out of what Fred does best and and applied it to his game and it, it showed it, it was every he was everywhere making tackles everywhere um just it's just the eye test you know oh who's made this tackle it's 48 again um but yeah good, good acquisition good depth uh you know that's what we, that's what you need in this league to to go all the way you need 53 good players, and he's one of them, definitely. Uh, the pick by uh, Mark Crary Ball was pretty nice. Nice little return. It's good to see that we're getting so many turnovers. Um, you know, last year wasn't quite our forte on defense. Um, so that's that's good to see. Um, nobody else really showed because um, Burks kind of took the show, I think. I thought Flanagan Fowles had a, a decent show in that yeah. year. I think he had a couple of tackles, but you're right. I think Burks was, was the star of the show. And Macari Ball, after you remember, he's a rookie, undrafted free agent. Gareth yeah. saw for him to play as well and, and to get the pick. It's always good for him to have that on his highlight reel. But uh, yeah, I think sure. the linebackers, we've got to remember, Nadji, all pro Fred still to come back. So yeah. <laughs> Greenlaw and Al Shahaya. So again, linebackers, I think we're, we're pretty stacked there as well, Gareth. Yeah, and it's uh, it's almost a shame there's only really potentially one roster spot available behind the the three established. We we seem to keep finding these guys. It was last year we we picked up an undrafted guy. We managed to trade for a pick. Uh, sure. I don't know. Um, and I could Justin Hilliard. Yeah, potentially see the same thing happening again if we're if we're finding these guys. Uh, uh, and a lot of teams will always need linebackers, and we just always seem to. Oh, have actually, you, you're talking about the guy that we traded at the Seattle, aren't you? Justin Hilliard was picked off our practice squad by uh, the New York yeah. Giants. Oh, he was off, okay, yeah. Yeah, Griffiths. Griffiths, yeah, Joan, Jonas Griffiths. No, I I can't quite remember the name, but yeah, I can't yeah you're right. Now. There's also the fact that there's going to come a point where Dre Greenlaw is going to need a contract extension, and I'm, I'm not sure we'll be able to afford them. Yeah. Um, so keeping on finding this little gem that doesn't cost much um, is, it, you know, it's going to be one of them because Dre is obviously the same as uh, Bosa, the, the same rookie year. So I think at the end of this season, his contract is out. Um, yeah, because yeah, he was a fifth rounder. So yeah. Um, whether we'll have the money for him uh, is uh, is is not quite sure unless he wants to stay on something something on a team friendly deal. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's the NFL, isn't it? You gotta keep taking shots on people that can make your team better. And looks like we did that this year. 
Uh, so, running backs with Elijah Mitchell out with a minor injury it opened the door for a rather stacked running back room to, to share some snaps between them. Uh, the good and the bad, Nadji. Let's start with you. Uh, you've always been a Sermon fan. What did you make of his performance? I I thought he played really well. His start line is pretty terrible, but I, 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 I saw growth from from last year in, into what we do. Um, you know, there was a couple of really short yardage where he could have tried and bounce and, and try and get more yardage, but he just took what the defense gave us and gave us first down, which I think is a staple of a good running back, knowing where the marker is and, and taking it and just keeping the drive going. Uh, that's, you know, that's what good ones do um, until one breaks for you, basically. Um, I thought it looked good, good pace, uh, you know, managed to get back to a line of scrimmage on a, on a weird screen uh, that was kind of a weird throw by Trey. Um, but overall, I thought they were all very good. I thought our rookie TDP took a little while to get going, but once he did, he looked really, really good. Um, yeah, I think it's all very close at the top. Hasty looked good. He looked like he was more in control of the offense and the guy that knows what's going on. He was on the you know more complicated plays and more advanced stuff, although he was quite low on the death chart, played late in the game. Uh, and then Jordan Mason looks like he's absolutely gigantic. I don't know how heavy he is, he is <laughs> but he's big. And another one of the cuts that we made we'll talk about is I reckon he could probably play fullback as well as running back. Uh, but his run were pretty decisive and, and pretty good. Again, uh, take all of that with a pinch of salt. These guys are playing against threes and fours and, and two. But uh, overall, I think it's going to be very hard for people to decide who's who's a three, four, and uh, with Wilson and, and Mitchell not playing. Yeah. Lee, what do you mix? Yeah, I mean, going to echo what Nachi said there. I, I thought they all had a really good game. I thought, uh, for me, it was actually hasty that stood out. Yeah. Get rid of his, I can't remember if it was a kick return or a punt return, that boneheaded player that he made there. Forget about that. When he was actually um, there as a running back, I thought I thought he did really well. Um, he made the most of his opportunity. But I've got yeah. this real horrible feeling that this year is going to be one year too too much for him as far as the yeah. competition around him. I, I think he's definitely on the bubble, not because he's a bad player, but because we are so strong at that position yeah. group now. Um, and I think if we do release him, if he, if he doesn't uh, make the cut, then whoever picks him up are going to have a hell of a running back there. Mm, and I just yeah, wish I we'd seen it. I just wish he'd been given a bit more a bit more of a consistent run at carrying the ball because I honestly believe he's a really good uh, running back. I, I've just got this horrible feeling that um, this off-season is the last we see of him in a 49ers uniform. Yeah, I think it's you know it's it's the bad side of the business of football, isn't it? It's just he's on his third third year now, is it fourth year? When did we draft? We didn't draft him. We signed him, didn't we? Yeah, I think it's his he third was undrafted. Year. His third year, so he's he's gonna start commanding a little bit more money. So why why not go with Mason as a rookie? And it's gonna cost you more if you get just the same level of plays out of it. Uh, but I agree with you. It looked good. Um, it looked like a guy that's been in this offense for three years. I think the the collarbone break injury that he suffered his first year uh, really took him back a bit, and he could have made a bigger impact. And that happened, but 
so is football, unfortunately, sometimes. I just wanted to add, Gareth, that I thought Sermon looked good in pass protection. Obviously, Nadji's our resident running back and he's, he's taught me what to look for in a game. And I thought Nadji would be impressed that Sermon showed that side. And also, he yeah, took yeah. one reception. He, he was targeted in the pass game. And I know it was only five yards, but like Nadji said, it adds that extra wrinkle to your offense. If yeah. defensive coordinators are out there thinking, oh, hang on a minute, he can catch the ball from the backfield and it isn't just Debo Samuel. And the fact that last year he didn't seem interested in the pass protection, but I know, again, it's only against third string opposition, Gareth, but I just thought it maybe showed he's been working on those things to kind of get ahead of where he should have been. So I just wanted to add that and I'd echo everything that Lee and Nadji have said as well. Yeah. So two new faces in the wide receivers, Ray Ray McLeod and Danny Gray both came away with the touchdown. Uh, what did you make of their performances, Paul? Well, Danny Gray has just shown what we all thought he could, Gareth. Um, I mean, the 76-yard touchdown was, was impressive. I think Nadji kind of took the thunder away. Ray Ray McLeod's touchdown at first glance looked really good. Then you watch it again, and is it the DB Nadji falls over and it's yeah. open? And, uh, but... to, be, to be honest, though, I, I do think the route running by Ray Ray McLeod makes him fall Um uh, but I don't think that DB is going to have a job very, very soon, unfortunately for him. But I think, yeah, I think with Danny Gray as well, Gareth. I don't know if you've seen much of the joint practice yesterday, the 49ers versus the Vikings. So I was trying not to watch much on my phone yesterday, day out with Tracy, and on the train back, it was going live on YouTube, and there was a, a play where he burns Patrick Peterson. Now, I know obviously Peterson, new team, he's a little bit older. But still, still impressive to watch. And Danny Gray's been doing things like that consistently since OTA, since training camp. But for me, Gareth, I thought both took advantage of their opportunities. The route running was good. Um, the, I mean, McLeod, he caught all four of his targets for 63 yards. And fumbles have been a problem for McLeod. I've got some friends who were Packers fans and ahead of the game, they were texting me, oh, Ray Ray McLeod's going to drop the ball. He's going to be no good. So it did feel quite good, Gareth, to send a couple of texts back on uh, Saturday with that stat line of the, you know, he caught all four of his targets and it was for 63 yards and a touchdown. So what, what did you make of, it, of them two, Lee, of Ray Ray and Danny? I thought they were unbelievable. I mean, this is what we've been missing since uh, Macri's Kudrun left. We need somebody with speed, absolutely disgustingly blazing speed. And we've got them now. We've got them. It's going to open up the field. It's going to make it much easier to do any uh, passes to the underneath roof. I think George Kittle is going to benefit quite quite a bit from having Danny Gray and Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod on the field. Because if we can stretch the field, then it's going to prevent, uh, prevent provide much more running space once you've caught the ball. And, and we yeah. built for yards after the catch. I think you're right, Lee. I think they had that with Danny Gray last year. A lot of teams knew Jimmy wasn't going to go deep ball. And what Trail Lance has already shown, Gareth, is he's got that connection with him. And defences are going to have to be honest. Like Nadji says, they're not going to be able to just stack the box because Danny Gray could just burn you and that deep ball's coming in. So Yeah, yeah. I, I urge everybody to, you know, listen to our silly ball prediction. I've got I've got a good one for him. <laughs> Yes, Nadji, that's what we like to hear. Um, I thought, uh, I, I want to throw another name out there. His start line isn't stellar by any means, but he showed really, really well. He played mostly third and fourth quarter. And that's Austin Mack, uh, really told you that we uh, we got from Ohio State. Uh, I thought he looked really, really good. Uh, he almost caught all of his ball. He was very close. 
He um, had two drops. One of them would have been a touchdown. I don't know if it's a drop, but it's a really hard ball to catch, and he's very. Uh, I I would say it's a hard catch that he almost makes rather than a drop. Um, and, you know, again as a is he a rookie? Where's a no? He's not a rookie. Where are they? I know he was drafted in uh, 2019. Yeah. Uh, so oh, we got sorry. him. No, we I'm got him as a free agent rubbish. last year, 2021. 20, I don't know where he was before us, but I, I don't know. He, he looks. He's really tall. He looks bigger than what we have. Kind of, he almost reminded me of Calvin Johnson, body type-wise. I don't think he's quite as big, but um, that kind of guy that can go and get it in the end zone. Um, I keep uh, I keep my eye on him. Um, see if he can get better. Yeah, he was drafted twenty twenty by the Giants. He was, yeah. Wave, actually, mm, yeah. I don't know. I just saw who's this eighty-one guy and I looked him up. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I was I was impressed with Gray's touchdown. Just just the way he he made the slight adjustment, uh, and and he's got his head round and he's watching for the ball almost before it's in the air. Uh, it just, that's just you know a great trait to be able to have to be able to run in one direction and be looking in the other direction. Uh, again, I think that's something that's very difficult to coach. You can do it or you can't. So uh, yeah, uh, hopefully the future's looking bright. Um, and the really the final word uh, I've got to say on on the game, perhaps as we wrap it up, is is something regarding special teams, um, and it's a bit of a, a personal plea, really, to a certain Mr. Gold, Robbie. Don't make any tackles in preseason, for God's sake, please. <laughs> I had my heart in my mouth as he drifted closer and closer to that runner. I'm just like, no, mate, let him go. It, <laughs> if it's the Super Bowl, if it's the NFC Championship, then get stuck in, lad. But. Yeah, you know, pre-season, give it up. Um, I, it was just something I, I didn't want to see. Um, yes, it's very true. <laughs> uh, first, first roster cuts are in. A couple of surprises, gents? Yeah, I mean, no surprise now that we've talked so much about it, but I didn't think, especially when I watched the game, I wasn't quite so focused on, on Sammy Womack. Um, to see Darkies Denar get, get the cut, so soon after, you know, acquiring him in the off-season, veteran Nicole, you know, you'd think they at least keep him on the roster. But after rewatching the game and reading the stats, and especially rewatching the game, I, I totally understand. He looked completely lost. He yeah, he didn't, didn't have any tackles. impact, did he? No, he didn't. He even allowed, you know, drive to go along. And I it been better, I think, you know. Um, we could have stopped drive had it been better. And I, I think that made the decision more than uh, Walmart being good as well, but obviously didn't help. I think it was a whole um, just surprise. And then rewatching the game, we're like, oh, actually, you know what? It's a, it's a very good call. Um, but it was very early on, um, which I think shows that, uh, you know, the the staff has made the decision who's going to play Nicol. So that's, that's great. And it, it means... And Walmart can get more with the first team rep and get better faster, which is which is great. Um, apart from that, no, not really. Uh, so we, let's should we say who got cut for people that maybe haven't followed? Yeah, go on then. That'll be nice. So that is Denal, cornerback, uh, the wide receiver Kishan Johnson, who caught a really nice ball from Purdy on that two-point conversion at the end. Uh, kind of most of the guy underneath him. Um, bit weird, but I think maybe we'll try and stash him on the practice squad, cut him early so people don't really realize, and then uh, sign him a contract. And then Josh Hockett, who's been with us for 
three years now, I think, has, has never made the team. So has the potential to be the next Dante Johnson. Um, and then two D-line, uh, Tomasi, Lolaile, and uh, Kim Dichie, which I think just shows uh, we signed those guys because Armstead and uh, Maurice Hurst went down and then it just count bodies, basically. Uh, and then Kim Dichie they really didn't look good at all in our preseason. Uh, very slow, very disjointed. Uh, so there we go. That's the five. Five again next week, is it? And then uh, down seven, 27 player in, yeah, in, right. in one week, in two weeks, which is which is crazy. Uh, but yeah, so uh, there you go. So uh, we move on to Minnesota and the joint practices. At the time of recording, I'm personally disappointed there hasn't been uh, any news of a scrap, which is something <laughs> I always look forward to. It means the season's really close. Uh, Kyle has been fairly clear that we're not going to really see any of the starters, I think, play the Vikings on Saturday. But it is an opportunity for some guys to win or potentially lose that roster spot. Uh, we've talked about quite a lot of guys. Can you, can you pick a guy you really want to see more of, um, someone who you think perhaps has earned a chance to play a good couple of quarters and, and really get their uh, one foot into a roster spot. Paul? Oh, I think Liad. Did you want to jump in there, Lee, before I start? Or? Go on, then. Um, so I, I've already mentioned him. I'd like to see Brock Purdy get a, at least a yeah, full half. Same. same. I'd, love, I'd love to see Brock Purdy start the game. Um, yeah. And, and play as, as long as possible. I want to see what he's, what he's made of. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm really. I want to see uh, a Sermon uh, and Tyrion Price uh, carry the ball a lot. I think you know we we know what we're getting from from Hasty. Uh, we we know what we're getting from Jeff Wilson. I want to see if uh, those guys can uh, uh, maybe get 15 carries each. How how are they going to fare when they're they're going to be asked to to carry the ball a lot? Because that is of course possible that they may be tasked with doing that should they make the roster um so i'm, I'm really interested in uh, both those guys and how they're both used whether shanahan does have his eye on one of them as potentially a, a short yardage uh, specialist yeah. uh, uh and one of the other guys as maybe somebody who might be able to burst open um and get those runs in i'd like yeah. to see jordan mason feature a bit more gareth um, we touched upon the running backs earlier. I think for me, the Vikings game, I want to see the people like the chaps I've just mentioned, you know, the lads we haven't seen a lot of, Brock Purdy. I want to see some of these rookies. I want to see someone come from somewhere and have a game because we know yeah. what our starting team is. You know, we don't need to see Nick Bosa. We don't need to see Eric Armstead. But Jordan Mason, for me, if, you, if you're pushing for a name, I'd like to come back next week and say, oh, Jordan Mason had a great game. What did everybody think? Yeah. I've got one on defense. I, I want to see more of Tari Castrofield. He played, uh, weirdly, he played corner. I, I thought they might playing of safety, which is kind of interesting. Um, he played uh, instead of Ambry Thomas on the, on the right side. Uh, but I'd like to see a bit more of him. See what, mm. see what we got. And uh, got, uh, not, uh, not a new guy, um, but uh, uh, Jennings apparently has, uh, has not really shone in practice and he was a, as a guy who certainly became valuable towards the the latter end of last season uh, uh i loved his attitude I, I loved um the way he could get stuck in and unfortunately the nfl waits for no man and and obviously with with danny gray and ray ray mcleod now in the in the building as well um i i'd like to see him go out and and take on a bigger role uh and hopefully uh win himself another roster spot if not he's one of those guys he could just get 
a little bit left behind um, uh, and is a guy I certainly became very fond of very quickly last season is uh, his general play and, and attitude and contribution uh, so hopefully um, game time he'll uh, he'll get his game head on uh, and perhaps improve from from what I've heard from practices where uh, most of the things that have been said about him have, have not necessarily been uh, good things so I think that about uh, wraps it up uh, we've got some public service announcements Lee the meetup so the meetup has now confirmed that it is definitely going ahead for the week one game against the Bears. The host city will be Leeds at the moment. We're not sure which venue it's going to be. Um, I think I've mentioned this before. This is out of our hands. A, a third party is um, organising this on our behalf. Um, so just stay tuned to the group, to Twitter. As soon as we know, you guys will know. Um, I know Paul's already uh, made travel and hotel arrangements. Um, I, I'll be sorting mine out probably tomorrow as well. It's definitely going ahead. And all I can say is this is something you will not want to miss. I promise you. So on that, <laughs> on that Gareth, just wanted to give a shout out, Lee, to um, Neil Graham and James Evans, who are both local to Leeds. So the reason, Gareth, I was able to book my hotel was basically they've explained to me the, the centre of Leeds, basically most of the hotels you're going to be in and around the vicinity. So I've gone with cost. I have booked in the Easy Hotel purely because I'm getting the train down because obviously coming from Middlesbrough to Leeds, it's cheaper on the train. I'll be in Leeds, Lee, for about 10 past 12 on the Sunday. So like I said on Let's Talk Sports earlier, Gareth, what will happen on the day, we'll put a thread in the group, just drop in when you arrive and where you want to meet up. And like Lee said, cannot wait for this. You will not want to miss. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and speaking of Let's Talk Sports, uh, some exciting news, Paul. Yeah, there is. So for those people that may or may not know, Let's Talk Sports is a channel on YouTube. Dan, the gentleman who runs the page, is um, he has cerebral palsy and he's housebound. He set his channel up two years ago, Gareth, and he's a New York Jets fan. He reached out oh, to <laughs> He reached out to me, Nadji, about Christmas time and basically yeah. booked me for a one-off um, interview to talk about the 49 Affair for the UK. Seemed to like what we had to say, Gareth, and it's become a regular appearance. So every Thursday, I jump on. It was supposed to be 49ers and Jets, but it's quickly become a Let's Talk 49ers, which I'm sure you'll all be delighted to hear. But he is, he's running a giveaway, Gareth. So to help us... He's launched a giveaway, which is on Twitter, but I'll explain the details. He's going to donate a Samuel Womack jersey to everybody who downloads our podcast, takes a screenshot of the download, and is also following his channel on YouTube. Just tweet Let's Talk Sports or tweet me if you're not sure. And then what he's going to do is put everyone's name in a hat. He's going to pick out one lucky winner. As a disclaimer, I won't be taking part. I know Lee's already got a Samuel Womack jersey as has Gary Thorpe, so you can cross those two names off your list. But yeah, I would urge everybody to go ahead and support what he's doing, because the fact he's given us a, a free jersey to give away is absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, that's fantastic. Huge, huge thanks to him. And, and hopefully people will get into Let's Talk Sports uh, um, as well. And maybe we'll get a few, few new listeners ourselves. Yeah, so he's got plans, Gareth, when the season starts. He's going to try and get more of the 49 Faithful UK. He does like our community spirit. He likes the aspect of what we've got. He listens to the pod. He shares the link in his group. 
and it's it's a relationship that I've been keen to um, get involved. He did ask Lee if we could maybe do a Facebook Live from Leeds, but I've said given our tendency to drink fireballs, that may not be a great idea. <laughs> yeah, no, you're I'm, not wrong there, like. <laughs> the Lee Gowland drunken Facebook Live is is a is a staple of the NFL season, as far as I'm concerned. That that will be coming the week after when uh, me and Paul's up in Falkirk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Tracy's got two quiet weeks, Gareth. I'm out the house for two mm. weeks in a row. So NFL Sundays will be on tour. Leeds week one, Falkirk week two. I'm not sure which one I'm dreading the most for regards to my hangover, but I'm looking forward to both an equal measure. <laughs> well, I could probably just give you a steer, Paul, but you might not turn up. <laughs> uh, I've got to turn up, man. You're picking me up. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I think that just about wraps it up, other than to remind our listeners and our podcasters that you all better get your thinking caps on for some outrageously bold pre-season predictions, which will be on a podcast in the next couple of weeks, I I imagine. Uh, Thanks to everyone who listens to the show. Like, rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can check out the YouTube channel by searching 449 of Faithful UK. We will be back next week, I think, to dissect the Vikings game and look forward to our final preseason matchup against the Houston Texans. Until then, go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Bang, bang, and a gang. San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart Like Joe Montana in the corner deep Clark Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99 Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline NDB, greatest owner of all time Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick Where all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget